How's everybody doing? How does it feel, Jordan, to be sitting in the, in the front row or second row instead of up here? <laughs> He's loving it. So I'm going to start a sentence, and then I want you guys to finish it. And I want you to just grab hold of the first word that comes to your mind and just speak it out. Okay. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Okay. Ready, set, go. I am Say it again. I am. Okay, so was it something positive? Like, I am awesome, I heard. I am, I am happy. I am blessed. Or was it something negative that was the first one that came out? Was it, I am fat. I am broke. What follows those two little words will determine what kind of life you live. Because you are what you think. Don't laugh, <laughs> Jordan. You are what you think. You see, the I am's that rattle around in your head are the same things that will eventually come out of your mouth. And our words are so powerful that what we speak is what we create. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. There is a researcher and author from Japan, his name is Dr. Emoto, and he does all kinds of experiments with water, and they're fascinating. And this one um, he does, and we're going to let you watch the video. Thoughts and words affected the formation of untreated distilled water crystals by typing words onto paper and then taping this paper onto glass bottles overnight. This photo shows the effects of the words, thank you. This next photo shows the effects of the words, love and appreciation. This photo shows the effects of the words, you make me sick, I will kill you. And here we can compare the effects of thank you with the you make me sick, I will kill you. Very, very different geometric forms being incurred through the intention. Is that crazy? He also did an experiment where he got two mason jars and he put rice at the bottom of each one and then he filled it with water just a little ways up and he wrote the word love on one of them and hate on the other and then he left it sitting for weeks. The, the jar that had hate on it had a big black piece of mold coming up the middle of it and it was just, just disgusting and the one that had love on it was perfectly white at the bottom, and then the water had turned a golden color at top. Isn't that crazy? The power of our words. And did you know that the human body is 60 to 70% water? You remember, oh, maybe you guys don't remember this. There's a lot of young people here. But when I was little, when people would say mean things to you, and I was such a brat, I could just see me shaking my hip, going, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt me. Anybody else ever say that? <laughs> 
whoever wrote that little rhyme really had it wrong. Because our words are so powerful that they either create life or they create death. And when God spoke, he spoke the world into existence. So that's the power of words. John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come to give life and life abundantly. This is the year of, I am declaring that this is the year of abundance in my life. And so I've been spending a lot of time thinking about it, praying about it, reading scriptures. And this is one I love, Psalms 36.7. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They eat on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from the river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. So we are sons and daughters of God. We have been given access to everything that he has. And our, our father just happens to be the king of kings. There really is a kingdom that somewhere, someday, we'll go back home to. But in the meantime, he wants to give us access to his kingdom. But in order to do that, we have to live as his sons, his beloved sons and his daughters. God wants us to reach new levels of fulfillment, new levels of increase, new levels of promotion, and new levels of victory. That's who our God is. And you know, I understand seasons. I know that there are a lot of you in here that may be in a season of celebration of the Lord exalting you. And then there's others that may be going through a difficult season, a valley experience. And I've been through both. So I do understand that. But I am convinced that no matter what season you're going through, there is abundance right where you are. The children of Israel, they were deep in the wilderness, and they had been eating manna day after day after day. I'm sure it was tasty, but you just get tired of the same thing. And so they started complaining, we want some meat. We need meat. And uh, poor Moses, he couldn't go to the grocery store, you know, pick up some tri-tips at Costco. There just was no access to meat. But God allowed a wind to blow and all of a sudden, over a million quail land in their camp. That is a God of abundance. But in order to step into his abundance, we must think like a beloved son or daughter. And when we think like one, we will speak like one. And then we will live like one. So if we are not living as a son and a daughter, then there's a good chance that we are living as an orphan. And there's a big difference. Let me tell you the difference. A daughter or a son receives God's love because she knows that he is good. An orphan must earn God's approval and affection. A daughter is interdependent. An orphan is independent, self-reliant. A daughter is at rest and peace regardless of what's going on around her. An orphan fights for everything that she gets. A daughter is not threatened by others because she knows that she has great value. An orphan deals with self-rejection from comparing herself to others. 
A daughter is free, free to be who she is and free to love herself. An orphan doesn't know who she is and ends up seeking comfort in counterfeit affections and addictions. 1 John 1.3 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called the sons and the daughters of God. The Lord says to you tonight, You are mine. You are mine. And everything that I have is yours. So no matter how you walked into the sanctuary tonight, you can walk out of here as a beloved child of the king. But it all starts with the renewing of your mind and how you think. So the Lord has taken me on a very long journey of healing my heart. He bound up my broken, shattered heart, and he set it free. And then he decided it was time to take me on a new journey And that was a journey of renewing my mind. I've learned a lot on this journey, and he's asked me to share some of that with you today. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The first thing I want to talk about is meditating upon his word and and seeing his face. Um, But before I go there, I want you to all have a little fun. So I want you each one to picture a really large purple elephant. Can you do that? Okay. So now I want you to see this big old massive elephant with big pink polka dots. And now I want, oh, by the way, it's a girl. (laughs) And now I want you to put a crown upon her head. And now put rollerblades on her feet. And see her skating down the green belt. Can you see it? Yes. Okay, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a large purple elephant with pink polka dots wearing a crown rollerblading? No. And yet, you were able to see something that does not exist. Hmm. I love the story about Walt Disney's wife. I guess Walt died about five years before Disney World opened. And at the grand opening, some guy turned to her and said, isn't it a shame that Walt didn't get to see this? And she said, oh, he did, or it wouldn't be here. Yeah. Our mind is a brilliant gift from God. And we can use that same screen that you saw that elephant on. That's the same screen that God speaks to you on. That's where you will see visions. That's where you will see words. You know, when God gives you a prophetic word, sometimes you'll see a word, a number. You'll see just something. That's the place that God uses to to bring his world to us, right? But it is also the same screen that we can use to grow in intimacy with the Lord. When I am praying, especially when I'm interceding for somebody, I will picture, 
I will picture the throne of God. And sometimes I have to go through a, a ton of obstacles to get to it. But I'm so determined to get to the throne room that I just keep pushing in and keep pushing in until I get there. And then I see the Father and I see the Son and I see the Holy Spirit. And I enter into their presence and I set the person that I'm praying for in a chair in front of them. And then I say, tell me what you're praying for them. Tell me how to pray for her. And then on that screen, I'll see things. And so then I begin praying with them. And I always end up weeping because inside of my brain, I'm wrong. I, even though I'm using this screen inside of my brain, I encounter them. And I come away and I'm different. And so this is an incredible gift that we can use to see the face of Jesus when we're hurting and crying. I remember a time when I was going through such a painful time and I cried a lot. And I would picture myself crawling up on the lap of God. And I would lay my head on his heart. And I would cry to him. And I'm telling you, there were so many times that I, I was certain I felt his heartbeat because it was just so intimate. And so, so it's important that we use this gift that we've been given. And another way to use it is by meditating on his word. You know, it's great to read our Bible. In the morning, you know, I read through it. And before I go to bed, I try to read through it again. But it is different when we meditate upon it, when we see it come to life. You know, the, the Bible says that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You know, there are many times in our lives where, where we, we're at a crossroads. Like we've been praying into something. We don't know if we're supposed to go right or if we're supposed to go left. And we're not hearing from God. We're praying. We're talking to other people. And we just don't know what to do. And so that is our opportunity to see the word of God as a lamp unto our feet. And so visualize that word. You're holding it and you're walking. You're walking down that path and you come to the crossroads and you see that, that light turn and it lights up the right. And you say, Lord, tell me what it looks like if I go right. And then you let him show you what your life will look like if you go there. And you let your heart feel what you're experiencing. And then you turn that light and you see it and it lights up the next path. Lord, show me this. And you do the same. It helps us to make decisions. It helps us to have wisdom when we meditate upon his word and we bring it to the forefront. And the more we use this amazing gift, the better we get at it. And the more the Lord comes alive within us. The next thing is that the Lord has really been teaching me how to have a constant internal dialogue with him, to chat with him wherever I go, um, to, to, to stay connected to him throughout the day, even when the day is busy, to just to keep reminding myself and talking to him about the day and where I'm heading next. And uh, one of my favorite places to do that is um, at the gym. I get on the treadmill and I get my worship music going, and I'm telling you, I just start this, this constant dialogue with the Lord. Kim Gillespie goes with me a lot of times, and she knows, oh, I can't talk to her. She's gone. And, uh, but what I know is that I have to hold on, because if I don't, there could be a scary event take place. Okay. 
So Kim goes to the gym a few days ago, and I wasn't there, and she decides that she's going to have some dialogue with the Lord and make time fly a little faster. But she forgets to hold on. (laughs) So she gets into this prayer time, and all of a sudden, she goes flying off the treadmill, hits a little wall, falls flat down on her back in between two bikes. (laughs) And she, she said I could share this, so... But give her a little love today. She's got bruises all over her body. Yeah. So warning, do pay attention when you are praying. But when we have this constant dialogue with the Lord, uh, it keeps us aware of his, in his presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy. Right? And so we want to stay in and we focus on God. You know, just like the Sabbath day when we cut out the external and we focus on God, there is an actual scientific principle called a direct rest. And basically, the more you introspect, the more you self-reflect, the more you basically are having this internal dialogue, there is a place in the center of your brain that gets ignited, and it increases your intelligence. That's why Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. This is the will of God for you. We are meant to pray. Amen? And the next thing I want to talk to you about is probably the most important to me um, because it's made a, a huge impact on my life here lately, and that is taking our thoughts captive. Whoo! 2 Corinthians 10.5 says we are to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So I'm going to give you some research, some statistics. Research, research shows that there are between uh, somewhere around 30,000 thoughts that go through our brain every day. And 98% of them are the exact same thoughts that went through your brain the day before and the day before that and the day before that. So basically, most of our thoughts just repeat. And there are somewhere around 70 to 80% that are toxic or negative. I'm hoping that that number is wrong because otherwise that is devastating. Research also shows that 75 to 95% of all illness comes from our thought life. When we let our thoughts run wild, they make us sick. And that is why the word of God says to dwell on what is true and good and lovely and pure. Because if we don't capture our thoughts, they will capture us. Right? Well, I've always been a positive, pretty much my whole life I've been a positive. I always see the glass half full. I always see the good in situations. If not in the beginning, I get there quickly. And so even when I was in high school, my favorite thing to do was to go to the bookstore and buy positive books, see you at the top, you know, the power of positive thinking. And uh, even my freshman year of college, I went and spent a week with Zig Ziglar. Who knows Zig Ziglar? (laughs) Let's go, Zig. See you at the top. That was his book. So I kind of just liked all of that and was very drawn to it. And I learned that scripture when I was really young, that I, I, and I made a decision. I am going to be a person that brings my thoughts under the obedience of Christ. I want to have pure thoughts. 
and uh, lived my whole life thinking I was doing such a good job until I had a rude awakening. And that's what I want to share with you. So we know what we're thinking if it's in the front of our mind. But did you know that most of our thoughts are hidden away in our subconscious mind? 99% of what goes on in our subconscious mind is who we are today. So the subconscious is where all of our memories are stored. And so here we don't even really have access to that or really even know what's going on in there, and yet that determines who I am. How many of you know the thoughts that go on in your subconscious that repeat day after day after day? Anybody? So I'm not alone. There are a few which why we get access to the subconscious. And one of them is through inner healing, which why I'm always encouraging everyone to go after inner healing because it helps you get access to things that are going on that are not healthy in your life. You know, we, we ex all experience trauma in our life. Everybody does. Trauma, there's two types. One is things that happened to you that shouldn't have happened. And one is things that should have happened but didn't. And every time there is a trauma in our life, the enemy takes advantage of it, and he attaches a lie to the event. So then that event, that memory, gets stored in our subconscious, and that lie goes with it and gets trapped inside of it, and we live the lie as if it's our truth. It feels like our own DNA, but it's not. So inner healing is really important. And then meditating and prayer. You know, if we meditate before the Lord and we allow him to show us and we ask him specifically, Lord, show me what is in there so that I may look at it. Because when it is in your subconscious mind, it's like cement. There's nothing you can do about it. But when it, and this is scientific, when it comes out of your brain to the front, it becomes, it moves, it becomes movable. And then you can do something. So we want to be able to figure out what's going on. So I started kind of going after this a while back, and then I discovered um, a woman by the name of Dr. Caroline Leaf. How many of you know her? Lots of you. Boy, this woman, she's a medical doctor who spent the last 25 years studying the brain and studying thoughts. And what I love about her is that everything that she does, she brings science and scripture together. And so it's all based in the word of God. She now travels the entire world um, speaking on renewing the mind and helping people change their life. Then I discovered that she has a 21-day brain detox that you can get online. It's the best $19 I've ever spent. And every day she does like a little, a little seven to 10 minute meditation that you kind of walk through and it, it really opens up your subconscious and helps things to come forward. And then she helps you figure out what to do with those thoughts. So I started to follow her brain detox, and within two days, I'm in the middle of meditating, and all of a sudden, a thought came to my forefront, and it almost paralyzed me. 
I could not believe what just came out of my subconscious mind. But before I tell you what it was, I want to give you the backstory. So I have always gone 100 miles an hour. My poor kids. I have. When I was 16 years old, my first year of having my driver's license, I got so many speeding tickets that I got my license revoked. Devastating day. But I still drove. That's so bad. I was a rebel back then. I would never do that today. I've always been very driven. I'm always going after the next thing and creating and making things happen. And so many of that's good. I mean, I started my own fashion college, fashion company when I was still in college. And then I opened many more at a boutique. And, and then I sold them. And I wrote a book. And I raised three kids and, and traveled around speaking and leading. And, and so much of that came out of the strengths that God has given me. But when we take our strengths too far, they become weaknesses. And a lot of what I have been accomplishing was coming out of that weakness. And I always, I tried to explain it to people. I always felt like there was somebody with a, something external, with a whip that was driving me. Get up earlier. <clears throat> pray longer. Work out more. Always saying more, more. Keep going, keep going. And uh, what ended up happening is that I spent so much of my life in that fight or flight and I'd have that adrenaline rush. And so then I started to get sick and started having stomach problems and uh, with good reason. And then five or six something years ago, I started getting really sick and, uh, and it started kind of consuming my life. And it has been a really hard journey because I'm, I don't feel well a lot of the time, but I have been believing for my healing and, and taking all the necessary steps to get there. But now here I am, and the thought that has been driving me comes to the forefront. It's very simple. It was hurry, hurry. You have so much to do today. It was a lie. I had 24 hours. I had plenty of time to do everything that I needed to do. But this thought, as I found out, repeated all through the day. I would be at the gym working out with my worship music on, having the best time, and all of a sudden, not here, but here, it would, it would speak to me. And so I would finish the workout. It was time to get going. I had to get to the next place, and then get to the next place. And, and it was just this, this cycle of just, just chaos in my life. And now I see, and it's just a stupid thought. I had a lot of anger and I uh, had to deal with some stuff. I had to make amends with my boys. I like, man, look what I've done. I want you to know that thoughts are real things and they occupy mental real estate. I want to show a slide of what a toxic thought in the brain looks like. So the black trees, I'll call them trees because that's what they look like, um, it operates in the fear zone. And then the green tree operates in the love zone. When we have a toxic thought, there's usually something that's behind it. So when this came up, my first question was, God, what do you want me to do with this thought? Like, I had to journal about it, and I was weeping, journaling, 
realizing the damage that this one little thought did in my life. And after I got it all out, I said, what are we going to do with this, Lord? And on my screen, I saw the cross. I saw him on the cross. And he said, I want you to bring that black toxic tree and plant it right at the base of the cross. Because I gave my life to destroy everything that was not righteousness and every weapon that was formed against you. And he said, you let me take care of this. And then I said, then give me a positive thought because I know you have to change. You have to do the exchange. And so he took me back to a memory when I was a little girl and I learned to ride a bicycle. And it was like my first day that I could ride it all by myself. And I was meandering down the sidewalk. I remember there was a warm wind at my back. And, and I was just happy and at peace and free. And when I saw that, he said, that is who I created you to be. And I said, okay, okay. So every time the thought would say, hurry, hurry, I would start to do it. And then I would stop. And then I would picture it at the cross. There's another slide I'll show you. What happens is that you do this day after day, and the toxic tree starts to break apart. It starts to get smaller and smaller. And then your healthy tree, it grows and it gets bigger and bigger. And so one day I said, Lord, where did that thought come from? And he took me back. I had a dad who was a workaholic. And I had seven brothers that were ahead of me. And, and every time we would be watching TV or anything, my dad would come in and start just raging at my, on my brothers. You know, get your clothes on and you get out there. And, you know, and they would say, Dad, we already did our chores. And He'd say, then go outside and get a shovel and dig a hole. And when you're done digging it, go back and bury it. And so even though he wasn't talking to me, what message did that little girl receive? You're not worth much unless you are out accomplishing. You get moving. You make things happen. And so I partnered with this toxic thought, and it drove so much of my life. So I have a fun story to share. So after doing this day after day after day, I started, things started shifting inside of me. And I started getting excited about seeing my tree growing. And, and because I'm using that screen every day, one day I, I'm at the tree and I'm looking at how big my positive tree is. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up standing next to me. And he says, look at your tree. I'm like, I know. Look at this. And he said, it's big. And I was like, I know. And he goes, want to go plant it in the garden? I'm like, garden? Now you're speaking my language. Well, yes, I want to go plant this. And so, so he dug it up and put it in a wheelbarrow. And I'm chasing him down the hill. And then he stops. And he says, so where do you want your entrance to be? What do you want it to look like? I'm like, it's my garden? And he said, well, it's our garden. And I was like, okay, well, I want a stream. And I want a bridge going over the stream. And then I want two topiary trees at the entrance and, a, and then maybe an arch with a, with a vine. Well, what kind of vine do you want? Well, I, I want a pink mandevilla. That was what we had in our front door when my boys were little. 
what kind of what kind of pathway do you want old stones really old stones and then i want the tree to go over here by a pond with with a fountain he's like what kind of tree do you want it to be well i want it to be a lemon tree when i was five and learned to ride a bike i had a lemon tree in my yard like i want it to be a lemon tree and I said, can we have a swing on it? Because I used to have a swing at our house. I used to swing with the boys. And I got lost in creating my garden of peace with the Lord. And I am telling you, day after day, the Lord would meet me in this garden. And we would create new things. You want to show them? We, we would start creating. And I would choose flowers. And I'm just wanting you to see what I've been seeing. And so, so it just, it continued to grow. And every time I started to get in a hurry and, and had that mindset that I, I had so much to do, I would immediately stop it and say no. And I would look over and see Jesus in my swing. And it would bring this peace to me. It would bring this peace that I can't even describe to you. And that was just the beginning. I have so many trees in my garden now. <laughs> in fact, I have to tell you this one. So, you know, I told you I've been sick. And one of the things that I realized is that I had partnered with hopelessness. I had somehow started believing that I was going to always be sick and that I was going to never feel good. And when that the Lord brought that one out. I said, I'm going to go after this one quickly. And so the Lord gave me a picture of what I, will, what I look like, healthy and whole and full of energy. And so I quickly been, started the exchange. And so one day, the tree got so big, I said, Jesus, this one's ready to plant. And he's like, what kind of tree is this? And I said, this is the tree of abundance because the Lord had taken me to Revelation 22 and it says there is a river that flows from the throne of God and in that river it's crystal clear and there's healing in the water and then there are two trees of life on both sides of the river and these trees have healing in their leaves and they have 12 different kinds of fruit so I said, Lord, I want one of those trees and I want that river flowing through my garden and so now I have this beautiful tree that's going to come up that is my picture of my tree of abundance. And every time I start to feel sick, every time I want to partner with hopelessness, I, I run to my tree and I stand under it and I say, I am healed. And I am completely healed and I am healthy and I am full of energy. And I have declared that this is my year of healing. And I believe it. And I'm going to continue to go to my garden day after day after day and continue to let the Lord expand it. Because, you know, we really were created to live in a garden. I know I was. It has become my secret place. It has become heaven on earth for me. So no matter what your DNA no matter what your upbringing was like, no matter what education you have had or have not had, you can change your life one toxic thought at a time. Do you believe that? Well, I have good news. Science is finally catching up with scripture. Scientists are now agreeing 
that we were not created to live in the fear zone. There is no structures within us to handle toxic, toxic thoughts or anything negative. We were created to live in love. So what happens is basically our thoughts are a little bump. They're a protein. And when they are turned toxic or negative, they get distorted, and then they start releasing chemicals in the wrong quantities. And then, you know, whenever you get an injury or you get a virus, our immune system releases a special, it's called a C protein. And basically, it goes right to the source of the injury, and it, and it, it releases this to help it heal. When we have a toxic thought, the exact same thing happens to our body. Our body treats it like a viral invasion in our body. How crazy is that? And we wonder why we have so much inflammation in our bodies. It is real. It is a physical thing, and it even will show up on brain scans. But science also has proven that you can be in this toxic cycle for 50 years. And in 21 days, you can break down your toxic thoughts. Is that, that's good news, right? And if you do three cycles of the 21 days, you will change your brain and you will actually own the new mode of operation. It's yours. You don't even go back anymore. And when this change and our brain begins to change, our life will begin to change. And we will see good things happen to us. Let me tell you what. Your health will increase. Amen. Inflammation leaves your body and illness goes with it. You will begin to retrieve information. And I've been experiencing this left and right. Things that I know that I would have not normally known, it just comes out of my mouth. You will hear God's voice more clearly. Your intelligence increases and you will begin to attract the blessings that you were created for. You see, what we are carrying inside of us is what we are attracting to us. If you are negative and there's all these negative thoughts going round and round, you will attract negative people to you. I do a lot of inner healing, and I cannot tell you how many times people will say, they will tell me a story, and I'm just like, whoa, like that's really bad. And then they'll say, this is the fifth time that this same thing has happened to me. And I'm like, okay, Lord. Let's go after this because there is something in her that she is carrying that is attracting the same thing to happen over and over again. But when we are carrying this positive energy, we are thinking like a son, thinking like a daughter, living in the blessing of God, we attract more at what we already had. It is time to live the life that you were created to live. Let me say it again. It is time for you to live the life that you were created to live. Right? Enough. Enough settling. Enough compromising. 
We are powerful beings. And we get to choose how we want to live our life. It is time to think on what is true and what is good and pure and lovely and noble. Because when we think it, we will speak it. And then we will create it. And then we get to enjoy it. It's time to change what comes after. I am. I am blessed. I am loved. I am smart. I am healthy. I am not alone. I am fiercely loved. I am known. I am important. I matter. I make a difference. I am powerful. I am created in the image of God. Enough of letting the enemy steal from us what is our inheritance. We are the sons and daughters of the King of Kings. And we have been created to live in love. Let me tell you what will happen if you start speaking like that. Doors will begin to open in your life that no man can shut. You had talent will begin to rise out of you that you didn't even know that you had. Anointing will begin to fall upon you and you will surprise yourself with what comes out of your mouth. You will attract the favor of God and step into a cycle of victorious living. And you will get to see God do exceeding, abundantly, beyond all that you can ask or even imagine. Amen? But we are the ones that have to make the choice. Am I going to let my thoughts run my life or am I going to take them captive? When I was praying and preparing for this message and, and seeing and visualizing it, the Lord showed me a, a raging, rushing river, the river that comes from his throne, coming in from that, that ceiling right there. And I saw it come rushing through this entire sanctuary. It went out those doors, through the lobby, and out the front door. And as I began to, to see it over and over, I kept praying into it. And I kept saying, yes, Lord, bring your river. Bring your river of healing, God, because we need you. We can't do this on our own. And so then, just a couple of days ago, the Lord said, I'll tell you what I'm bringing with the river. He said, I'm bringing an upgrade in my presence. And so I, tonight, 
I want to release the upgrade in the presence of the Lord tonight. I want each of us to prepare to receive. In fact, why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. Prayer team, you can come up. And I want you just to receive the river of the Lord. Let it just come rushing through this room. And Lord, I just release healing in this room right now. God, I release the love, the love, Lord, that you have for every one of your sons and your daughters. And God, I pray that each one will have a revelation of who they are, Lord. How much you love them. I pray, God, that you open our minds and let us see the love that you have for us. Show us, God, Show us what our future looks like. Remind us, Lord, that you have something so important for each one of us. But that we must step into who we are. And we must live as a son and we must live as a daughter who knows that they are loved. Who knows that you're good. Who knows that they have great value no matter what their circumstances say. And so, Father, let your river come through this room and bless everyone, everyone of your beloved. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jordan's going to play for a little bit, and then feel free to come up and get prayer. The Lord bless you.